It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. My friends, if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, opportunity. And force comes in a lot of different packages, but it could be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive and taxation, fear, coercion, government induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda, or those 87,000 IRS agents that are authorized in the Democrat um, Income Reduction Act. Uh, so that's that's the premise of the show, looking for uh, truth and clarity on all of that. And I want to say thank you. To all of you who are listening, you're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to this great team I work with. That is producers Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And we have pre-recorded these shows right around Labor Day. The team's going to take a little bit of time off. And we have amazing guests for these shows. And I am thrilled, honored to have on the line with me Dr. Mark McDonald. And um, he has uh, written a couple of different books, uh, but he is, um, let me give this to you. He was born and raised in L.A., and he's the author and publisher of Dissident MD. He graduated from uh, University of California, Berkeley, before attending medical school at the Medical College of Wisconsin. He's trained in both adult and child and adolescent psychiatry at UCLA, and he now works primarily with children in private practice in West Los Angeles. In 2021, he published his first book, United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. And he has just released his second book, which is Freedom from Fear, a 12-step guide to personal and national recovery. Dr. Mark McDonald, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. It's such a joy. I love speaking about all the subjects you just you just described and listed in your introduction. <laughs> that list, we started off with three, and it continues to grow, and I wish that we could contract it. I guess that's why you're writing books and I'm doing the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, before we get into the book, uh, we got connected. I've, I've actually known about you through several different uh, kind of different ways. But Dr. James Lyons Weiler, who is a regular guest on the show, has started uh, this IPAC-EDU.org, which are our courses with uh, experts through, throughout the, the, uh, the world, the country, that are going to be teaching these online classes. And you're going to be teaching one, uh, and it will start uh, right after Labor Day. And, uh, and people can find it at ipac-edu.org. But yours is going to be extremely interesting. It's not how not to be fooled. So before we get into your books, tell us a little bit about that. I was approached to speak uh, and, and teach, really, on this course um, by the uh, IPAC 
uh, founder, uh, Dr. James Lyons, uh, a few months ago, after I had continued quite a bit of writing and speaking, both my book, United States of Fear, had come out in November of 2021, and also I had begun writing Substack articles on subjects of the day, which had to do with, uh, I would say, the intersection of healthcare and politics. And the idea that I was uh, proposed, and which I agreed to, is to take the entire subject of compliance, coercion, propaganda, mind control, brainwashing, essentially what I had written about in the United States of Fear, this mass delusional psychosis that we had been uh, submerged into and infected by in March of 2020, and explain didactically to students in a, a class format uh, how it came about, give cultural historical examples, explain how it's happening now, and most, really most importantly, what we can do uh, currently and in the future to protect ourselves against its further encroachment and how to, uh, to get out of this kind of mess that we're in uh, psychologically. Uh, and so I put together a course on how not to be fooled, since I, my opinion is that uh, the media and uh, the foolery that's been going on through a collusion of government corporations and the media themselves has really been one of the biggest uh, fuel or, or vehicles, actually. The fuel, I think, is fear, but the vehicle to uh, controlling our lives over the last couple of years. And I want to try to uh, educate people on how to protect themselves from it. And is it a 12-week course, or how long is the course? Do you recall or not? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, it is, um, ex- I believe it's exactly three months. It's broken out into, I believe, three sections. Uh, one is uh, the sort of historical antecedents to fooling and being conned. And the second is about the methods that are currently being employed and how they match up with those from the first uh say, the first century, uh, a century ago, the first hundred years from the 1900 to the 21st century. And then, uh, finally, uh, techniques and methods for how we can protect ourselves against it. So I've broken it out into sections uh, approximately a month long, and I think the total is about uh, about 12 weeks, give or take. Okay. And it will start, uh, when it'll be Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for 12 weeks. And what Dr. Jack has done with this is he said that he wants to have a lot of people involved and so the uh, and so that the the uh, cost is affordable. And so it's only $45, if you can believe it, for 12 weeks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a deal. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about a deal. At least uh, I got to get signed up, but that's what it looks like. But we need a lot of people to sign up because um, this is so important, and that's why Dr. Jack has kept it affordable. And uh, he also said that we'll all get to know each other, and, of course, uh, Dr. Mark McDonald will be uh, teaching that. Let's uh, let's talk about your new book. It just came out, Freedom from Fear, A 12-Step Guide to Personal and National Recovery. Uh, and again, that is on the heels of your best-selling book, United States of Fear, How Amer- America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. Uh, so where do you want to start with this, Dr. McDonald? Well, usually people ask me, well, why did you write a second book? Didn't you cover everything in the first one, which was about how we got into this massive mass delusional psychosis? And my answer is, is usually very simple. I wrote the second book because over the last... 12 months or so, our social norms here in the United States have been redefined. And they've been redefined by the most fearful among us and not the most courageous. This is a big, big problem. 
it's one thing to be scared. It's one thing to be frozen and unable to think. That's already a, a big problem. But what happens if, as you wake up from that, you find yourself in a society that has completely changed the rules, where walking around with a diaper on your face outdoors in the park is not a sign of idiocy, stupidity, and irrationality, but a sign of virtue. We have a problem here. And you know, a lot of people will say, well, it's just a mask. You know, it's my body, my choice. And I actually push back very strongly against that. It's not. And it's not for two reasons. One, wearing a mask, which I think is a great symbol of everything that I speak about. It's not the end all, but it is a great symbol of irrationality, stupidity, uh, the renorming of our social conventions. A mask is actually a sign of your agreement with an irrational dictate and order and now actually an irrational and, and, and un unfortunate convention that is an attack against our social fabric. Covering your face is actually a social attack. It's an attack on society. And we have seen so many of these attacks way beyond the mask, which is why the second problem with the mask is that the mask has led to all these other even more violent and more dangerous attacks on our society and the renorming of social conventions. And the most recent example, and I think the most terrifying, is the agreement among politicians, media, corporations, and a lot of very well-educated doctors, nurses, teachers, and therapists to generally mutilate and chemically castrate our children. This would never have been acceptable three years ago. Never. And now it's become mainstream, it's become widespread, and if you speak up against it, if you even question this, you are attacked, you are denounced, you are censored, you may lose your job, you may in some states or cities even be arrested or have your children taken away from you if you don't agree with this. It's not just abuse, it's, it's absolute evil, it's diabolical. So my reason for writing this book is not to go after crazy mass people and once again get more data on why we shouldn't be giving shots to children. We know all of this. That's not really where the war is. Those are the battles. The real war is getting underneath this new, sick, uh, termite-infested foundation that has told us as Americans that we must no longer express truth, honesty, and courage, but we must express obedience, compliance, and acceptance for a fear-driven culture and a top-down way of life that is antithetical to the American way. And so the book is really about how to, as an individual, fight back against that, how to overcome fear addiction, and then how to re-norm our norms back to the way that they were before, before this fear pandemic began in March of 2020. Dr. McDonald, that's so interesting what you would say regarding the mask. And so I tell you what, um, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Dark, uh, Dr. Mark McDonald regarding freedom from fear, a 12-step guide to personal and national recovery. We'll be right back. And before we go to break, on the line with me is Karen Levine. You know her. She's an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. And she is a sponsor of both The Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories with Kim Munson. Uh, Karen Levine, welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be here, Kim. 
Well, and uh, let's talk real estate. Um, the metro real estate market is crazy. You've been in the business for a long time. You've seen ups and downs and ups and downs. Uh, what is going on right now uh, regarding the metro real estate market? Well, the metro real estate market is seeing some adjusting um, to some uh, favorable adjustment for buyers who were in multiple offer situations and we're talking competing against 12, 15, 24 other buyers, they are seeing less competition in the market. And some of that is due to the rising interest rates that we've experienced over the past 90 days. And so some buyers have had to get out of the market because of their buying power. But I would encourage buyers to reassess their buying power. From the standpoint, if they continue to rent, rents are skyrocketing. And the average principal and interest payment, and this is nationwide, is less than the average rent payment for a two-bedroom rental unit. So getting into the housing game, you're still getting ahead of the market. And with that, buying a home, you actually get home ownership. You get shelter and you get a benefit of building uh, wealth. So there's a lot of reasons to um, think about this market as an opportunity. And sellers who experience lots of great appreciation um, are in a position that they can still capitalize on that appreciation. And we're, we're not feeling that the market is going to lose a lot of value, but we are going to see some price adjustments, which again creates opportunity. Well, and I was talking to a young person. This was uh, before interest rates had changed. And he said that he actually was hoping there would be softening in the real estate market because he said, otherwise, kids my age will never have a chance to buy a house. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think that it's a rhetoric that they are hearing in the media that they can't buy a home. And yet, we sold more homes in the last 36 months on average nationwide than we had sold in decades. We do believe the amount of sales is going to adjust as well um, because of a lot of different things in the marketplace. But when you look at an inventory shortage has yet to be corrected a little bit, we were talking 5 million housing units short. Now maybe we're only at 3, maybe 4 million housing units short. So that is correcting. Um, But there are is one place that opportunity has not existed in abundance that now exists, which is the new home market. And builders are carrying up to nine months of inventory, and they are excited to bring, like, their product on sale a little bit. They're giving incentives. They're reducing some pricing. So for those who maybe never thought they could own a new home, there may be that opportunity today. Well, and what people need to do, you can represent them, but when they're looking at a new bill, they just need to bring you along on that first appointment, and it's just great to have you on their side of the table. Karen Levine, how can people reach you? They can reach me at 303-877-7516. That's Karen Levine, 303-877-7516. Karen, we will talk to you next week. That sounds great. And we'll be right back with Dr. Mark McDonald. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. 
Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And before we continue the conversation with Dr. Mark McDonald, I wanted to mention uh, the Grand Lakes U.S. Constitution Week. This is their 11th year. And it's up in beautiful Grand Lake, Colorado, September 12th through September 18th. They've got amazing um, speakers and uh, different events going on. The main event will be on Saturday, the 17th at the uh, park, and I am honored to be the MC for that. So check out GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. That's GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. And on the line with me is Dr. Mark McDonald, and we're talking about his latest book, Freedom from Fear, A 12-Step Guide to Personal and National Recovery. But before we get that to that, he is working with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, who is a regular guest on the show and also a sponsor of the show, uh, on the uh, course on how not to be fooled. And I believe it starts next week. It's a 12-week course. It's Wednesdays at 6 p.m. I'm going to sign up for this, Dr. McDonald, uh, because I think that that is so important. So, Dr. McDonald, the masks. As we were going through this whole masking thing here in America, I inherently saw danger in that. And it, and it was, I, I, I mean, I've walked into businesses without a mask, and sometimes nobody said anything. Sometimes they said they could give me a mask, and I would say, I have a mask, and then I would just continue on. But sometimes they would chase me down, and sometimes I, I, I finally had to turn around and leave these businesses. I could not believe people acquiescing to this, uh, and I just... And and people have said, well, what does it matter? It's just a mask. You know, that way we can keep our school open or that way we can do this or that way we can do that. What's your thoughts on that, Dr. McDonald? Well, this idea and institutionalization and compliance in our society, first by fiat and then just by common social decree, has been one of the most disappointing aspects of the last three years for me. I just got back from a a six-week, more or less, trip to the Balkans, uh, Bosnia, Macedonia, and Kosovo, where I was doing some work. And I visited quite a number of different cities. I talked to a lot of people, uh, probably dozens in each one of these cities, young, middle-aged, old. And with few exceptions, they all told me the same thing. They told me that we are not a compliant people, and we don't trust our government, and we do believe in what we see 
and what our neighbors and our friends tell us, and we trust them more than we trust the powers above. In Bosnia in particular, in Sarajevo, I went to a city called Tuzla, which has a cafe called Sloboda. The word Sloboda means freedom in Bosnian. It's the oldest cafe in Tuzla. The soccer team of Tuzla is also called Sloboda. So freedom means something to them. And when I ask them what it means, they say, well, it means the ability for us to think for ourselves and make our own choices. And I said, well, what does that mean on a national level? It means we don't trust our government. It means that we got screwed for decade after decade after decade. We lost our lives. We lost the lives of our friends, our family, our homes, our businesses. So if they come and tell us, wear a mask, don't go out after 6 p.m., follow the curfew, we give them the little finger and they just move on with our lives. That's what they told me. And I wrote an article about it in my substack called Sloboda. And I came to this realization, which was disappointing and somewhat shocking, that in Bosnia, of all places, the embodiment of freedom is stronger than it is in the United States. And they value freedom and disobedience and noncompliance, whereas we in the U.S., we no longer value freedom. We value obedience and compliance, and we see those as virtuous. If that is the social structure, if that is the values that Americans now accept and embrace, we cannot move forward. It has nothing to do with politicians, it has nothing to do with laws, it has nothing to do with what people are getting arrested for. That, that's past. You know, the Chinese Communist government, they didn't have enough police to arrest all of the disobedient Chinese after the Maoist revolution. So what did they do? They, they used the children and the young adults and the neighbors and the priests and the business owners as informants and as little ambassadors. They cultivated this uh, government obeisance so that they didn't need to use force. They just used social pressure. Well, that's what's happened now in the U.S. We have renormed ourselves into a society that values compliance with the government view of things, the media view, the corporate view, and not with common sense, not with reality, not with what our friends and neighbors see and feel and, and hear. So this is a huge problem. <laughs> this is a big deal. Well, it, it is. And what I find interesting is those that are at the top levels, whether or not is in business or academia or tech or uh, government, uh, many of them were radical activists of the 60s who said, don't trust the man. And now they are the man and they want to tell everybody what to do. What's your thoughts on that? Well, that's a very interesting, striking, and I think apt an accurate observation. I would add to that that the current youth generation, meaning, say, teenagers to college age, more or less, they are doing the exact same thing. I work as a child psychiatrist. I see young people in my practice every day. And I am, I am amazed at how agreeable these young people are. I don't mean agreeable with their parents. I mean agreeable with the parent the government, the media, what they're being told. Whereas the older generation, the one that you just mentioned, they were, they were largely rebelling against their family structure and then by extension against the government. There was so much internecine warfare you know, in homes during the Vietnam War. The older father uh, who came back from World War II believes in the government and, and America and strength and following uh, commands. And then the, the, the hippie, free love, drug addicted uh, high school kid who says, you know, America is all about uh, colonialism and war, 
and uh, you're a terrible person, you're a moral dad, and then I'm going to leave the house and I'm going to go in a van and uh, join a hippie commune. It, but it really started with, with a rebellion against the physical father in the family, and then it extended. Now it has nothing to do with that. Now the father figure in the two-parent household, who was the object of that rebellion, has been replaced with a new father figure, which is the government, the federal government. And to some degree, media and, and corporations, you know, Starbucks and Mark Zuckerberg and the Democrat Party are all in bed together. And the same teenager that goes and gets this double latte frappuccino, soy milk, latte, oat milk, you know, in a disposable, uh, a recyclable cup and a, a, a organic cotton paper straw is the same person who turns on the uh, Instagram feed the moment that he wakes up in the morning to uh, check out the reels that show up about uh, how you can be more safe today uh, while uh, he then goes and uh, listens to some CNN view of you know, the Democrat Party's um, greatest new announcement of threat of what Donald Trump is up to and how he's making your dog sick, and then uh, sending some money on to the DNC party that can get more organizations involved to, to vote the right way in the election. All of that happens all in about an hour, right? And the, the father and the mother are out of the picture. They're not even relevant anymore. So it's, it's, a, it's a kind of interesting parallelism that's re regenerated three generations later, but with a different object of, um, of rebellion against and a, a different direction of the rebellion. So the, the idea that, that children, I think this is an important one, should, as they grow up, find something or someone to rebel against in order to determine their adulthood and their identity, that's disappeared. Now what we have is these kids that grow up and they switch over their fellowship with their parents at a very young age over to fellowship with uh, some sort of unseen higher authority. And they don't actually question, they don't push back. And by not pushing back, then they don't really find a way to think for themselves and develop an identity. They start to rebel, if they, they want to call it rebellion, it's not, against the enemy of those that they've supported. So rather than being for anything, they're so simply against Donald Trump. They're against all these ghosts, all these, these made-up imaginary threats that the Democrats and the media and the corporations have all announced and have told that they need to fight against. So there's been a real shift, I think, um, away from normal developmental process, the push and pull of the young generation and the older generation, and we bypass that, and now we've just got this pipeline where young people go right into a direction of shifting their uh, allegiance to Washington and the media and then are told to go and march in lockstep against anyone that they're supposed to fight against, which is usually actually, you know, good values right. and, uh, and good family dynamics. And, and then what do you have with that? I mean, then you have really China. In 10 or 20 years, we're going to have a, a youth generation that has no ties to their parents, their church, their civic organizations as they get older and have kids. And, and they're going to then align with, as they're adults, as they're raising their children, they're going to be aligning with one political party, one media source that's dominated by three men and uh, a bunch of a bunch meaning like probably half a dozen really large corporations like walmart and amazon mostly online places that are all going to keep feeding them the same garbage the same propaganda they're not going to think for themselves they're not going to be reading they're not going to be exploring the world they're going to be online most of their work will be remote they're going to become autistic their children will be autistic socially maladapt I know this sounds very bleak, but this is what I, I'm seeing this in my practice in vivo right now. This is where we're heading. And I, I see it on a micro level here in L.A. And I know it's happening around the country because I travel a lot, and I see it there, too, and I hear it from parents. 
So I'm really concerned about this. This is not a political issue. This is a human issue. And we have been so distracted by this, this engineered political bipolarity, you know, right, left, Republican, Democrat, that we're missing the underlying critical unifying power of a human society that agrees on certain things like laws and customs and languages and borders and the nation state. That's not a conservative idea necessarily. It is an idea that is is necessary for a, a society to continue to grow and for multiple generations to keep propagating. And, and we're losing that. That thread is being cut and we're starting to worship on the altar of internationalism and what I would even call anti-humanism, you know, a death culture. No children. We're not going to have kids. Uh, we're going to cut back on energy. We're going to in hate, enforce hate speech rules, and we're going to uh, turn everything electronic. Well, you know what? That's the end. There, there is no future if that's the if that's the future that you envision. It's all over. Well, that's bleak. But you said in <laughs> <laughs> and now Prozac will be sponsoring our next commercial, <laughs> yeah. and I get twenty percent off of all the prescriptions. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny, but. There's a but on this, and I could not figure out how we could, when I looked at public education and the stranglehold that the teacher unions had, and I I worked on a school uh, school board uh, race a few years ago, and it was very eye-opening, and I I was just, I don't know, I'm like, how can this change? Well, a silver lining to COVID is the fact that parents... Many parents, not all parents, but many parents saw what their kids were being taught. Uh, they've awakened, I think, Dr. McDonald. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think there's a sil- silver lining to that. Yes? I do agree with that. This is why I'm, I'm very ambivalent right now. I'm not, I'm not depressed. I'm not bleak. I'm ambivalent, meaning I'm really straddling uh, two fairly distinct and irreconcilable directions that we can be taking in the next I would say probably six to 12 months. It's sort of 12 months tops. It could be three to six months. And it's the following. We are going to activate more and more Americans who have become really uh, now unavoidably conscious of the abject destruction, the evil that is being injected into our lives especially through our schools, as you just mentioned. That's the most egregious example. The school system, the teachers, the, you know, the, the, the doctors and, and therapists and counselors who are abusing and mutilating and disregarding the, the sanctity of, of children, which was never in dispute in the past, you know, no matter what your political orientation. But, so this is not a political issue, once again. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with good and evil, I think, fundamentally. Those parents are going, and and just non-parents, just interested community members, are going to start to become more and more active, more and more involved, politically, socially, on the media, and perhaps even physically. This may actually become violent at some point, Uh, and it should, actually. I think it should become violent if there's no other option left. Uh, For example, if in this coming fall, if if on a a large scale we are robbed uh, of a free and fair election, and I I think we have at least a point toss that that's going to happen because of the... uh, uh, essential absence of voter ID, the universalization of uh, mail-in ballots, uh, the um, weighing of the scales, tipping of the scales uh, by the media um, of information, basic information that gets out before the election, censorship, uh, changing algorithms, 
uh, to uh, allow for certain messages to come through and certain ones not to. All of this stuff is, is going to make the elections nearly impossible. It will be impossible, to be fair. And if they're, they're so unfair in one direction that, that real winners are then announced as losers, then I think you will start to see violence, uh, because without the ballot, uh, there really is no other way to uh, to fight. You, you can't march in the streets if, if you're just going to be arrested and put in jail. You need to actually use weapons. I don't want to see that, but I think it will happen. Um, that's that's uh, that's one direction. Let's and, and uh, Dr. McDonald. Let's keep that as yeah. a cliffhanger. Let's go to break. I'm talking with Dr. Mark McDonald, mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about the other possible direction here in America. Before we do that, though, another sponsor of both my shows, the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories, is Hooters Restaurants, and they have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Westminster, uh, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs, and uh, they have all kinds of uh, great specials Monday through Friday for either lunch or happy hour. And uh, it's a great story how we became uh, business partners and it's a story about freedom and capitalism and free markets so check that out that's at my website kimmunson.com we'll be right back with dr mark mcdonald the metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now that's why kim munson recommends you have seasoned remax realtor karen levine on your side of the table karen levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your american dream because karen levine cares about property rights for each individual she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local county state and national level If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org start today. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do that. And on the line with me is Dr. Mark McDonald. We're talking about his latest book, and that is Freedom from Fear, a 12-step guide to personal and national recovery. And before we get to, get to that, and I'm going to sign up for this, he will be teaching a course starting uh, next week at ipacedu uh, org yeah ipac-edu.org and uh, it will be on uh, how not to be fooled so dr mcdonald before we went to break you said that there were two different avenues that we might be going down here in america over the next three to 12 months you you gave us the first one what's the second the second one is the embodiment of what i hope to accomplish broadly through 
essentially a collection of individual Americans who put into practice what I've written in my book, Freedom from Fear, which is to overcome fear addiction, to begin to think for oneself, to start to act courageously, drop media, love your family, and begin to mentor others on that path as well. This is the, the bright second option that opposes the bleaker, darker one, which is a sexual, essentially a breakdown of civil order and the beginning of, of violence and, and civil unrest in the country. And I do believe that we're still uh, at a crossroads where we can take that second path, that's that fork. The, the options are, are, are narrowing rapidly, and they're narrowing rapidly mainly because the other side is starting to take steps that we would never have considered even possible, much less acceptable, even three or four years ago. You know, raiding a former president's home is one of the most recent examples. Or um, banning parents from going onto campus in public schools because they oppose their seven-year-old's gender journey and the trans-closet cross-dressing exercises that the, the boy's teacher is implementing. Now, it's one thing to uh, have an argument and debate about this stuff openly. It's another to basically silence the other side, to ban them, to arrest them, to use federal police forces as, a, as a, basically a Stasi, which is what the FBI has become. We're, this is what I mean by the options are narrowing. At, at some point, you don't have any options left. You don't have a police force that can enforce the law. You don't have a voting booth where you can vote and have your vote counted. And then all that disappears, you have violence. But we're not quite there yet. So if Americans, enough of these Americans, who have now been exposed to the ugly truth in their schools, they have begun to read outside of what's on their phones in Amazon and Yahoo News and you know, the Zuckerberg feeds and Bill Gates and CNN and NBC and LA Times and New York Times and all that garbage, and they started to inform themselves, they've woken up essentially. If we can get enough Americans to then become educated and aware of their previous hesitations, fears, and anxieties, and wake them up and, and encourage them to act in spite of their fear, like I argue in my book, Freedom from Fear, then we can start to pull away the 40, 50, perhaps 60% of America that is simply going along with this program, not realizing what sort of destruction it's causing. And then that 40 or 50 or 60% can align with the 10 or 20% that have been awake the entire time. And we can then, as a group, as an organized, joined force, start to turn our eyes and our direction against the 10 or 20% of the population that is truly sociopathic that is truly bent on maliciously destroying our country, and it contains quite a number of truly evil, evil people within their leadership. And I consider someone like Anthony Fauci to be like that. The leaders of the Democrat Party, I believe, are evil. Um, I believe that some of these tech founders are evil. Not misguided, I mean actual evil. Their, their only goal is destruction. It's not just money, it's not just power. They want to destroy. It doesn't matter what else happens. That, that is evil, that is diabolical. But we can't get there until we get enough Americans freed of their fears and informed. We need freedom from fear and we need informed Americans. Without that, we don't have a path forward. All we have is, is more and more crushing under the weight of this, this federalization of our society and this sort of uniparty control. And I don't just mean Democrats. I mean one party, which is Democrats, media, and corporations. And, and we're, we're just seeing this window. Every day I see it close one more inch. 
and pretty soon it's going to be too narrow to slip through, and the only option we're going to have is to smash the window. And I just don't want to see all this glass broken. Well, I don't want to see that either. And when you talk about Uniparty, there are uh, Republicans that are in that as well. Dr. McDonald, we, we uh, reported on this the other day, but I'm connecting this dot as you were saying this. And and I, I've figured out that the radical activist evil, evil, and that they've taken over the Democrat Party. There's a lot of Democrats, uh, centrist Democrats that... Um, you know, I don't think adhere to that, but we, we we need to to have these conversations. But I've always say they play long ball, and we play tiddlywinks. And as you're talking about this, where they're taking away options, uh, this was uh, just reported recently here in Colorado that the town of Lyons, Colorado, it's in Boulder County, is uh, actually the the board of trustees. Uh, will make the uh, residents of the small western Boulder County town the newest community to implement local gun rights restrictions. On August 15th, the seven-member board voted unanimously on first reading to ban open carry of firearms in all public places within town limits, as well as advancing a ban on the manufacture or sale of certain firearms and ammunition in the commercial downtown district. And the local restrictions were made possible after Governor Jared Polis signed Senate Bill 256, which was passed by the Democrat-controlled legislature in 2021. And I'm just thinking about this as, as they take away options. If if we got to option one that you talked about, which I don't want to, but just somebody uh, that might pull their firearm out, they could now be arrested just because they had that. And I'm thinking they're playing long ball uh, and we're not even realizing what's happening. What, what do you think? You are pointing out something that I wrote in my first book, which I believe is even more valid today, United States of Fear, which is that there must be a shift in our direction strategically from top down to bottom up. And I have emphasized this in a whole chapter in my current book, and I actually emphasize it when I speak, especially to groups, you know, church groups, um, large organizations that have organizational power to affect change. And I said, look, we screwed up. Two years ago, we screwed up. We thought that the Messiah, Donald Trump, was going to come and save our nation. And we were going to win back our country through a, a Senate and a Congress that was controlled by, largely speaking, reasonable people. And obviously, there's Republicans that are problematic. But look, 99% of the destruction in this country is coming from one party, and it's the Democrats. Right. We just, that's just the facts. Um, that's just the reality we live in. That was a mistake. What we should have done, because this is what the Democrats and the left has been doing for probably 20 to 30 years, is they've been infiltrating the foundations of our local institutions. And I'm just speaking on a political level, not even the social one, you know, family norms, language, dress, drugs, all that, just, just, just politically. And we finally discovered this when the Loudoun County election overturned the left-wing activist school board about a year ago. And then it spread to San Francisco, and then most recently in Florida, where there's now a conservative school board majority in, I think, four or five counties, uh, first time in, in, in history. And Florida is now, I think, a majority-one conservative school board state. It's happening. But it has to happen at a local level, because that's where you can actually wield power. And it happens in both directions, as you just described in Colorado. That's a good example of where it goes the wrong way. You need to take back your local city council, your local school board. You need to put moms on the school board, not, not childless lesbian trans activists, which is, I mean, literally, this is what, these are the people that are running the school boards, childless lesbian trans activists in a lot of cities. 
They shouldn't be on the school board. They have no investment in the schools. They are ideological nut jobs, period. They shouldn't be allowed on those boards. They should be voted out. And they have been, fortunately, in some cities. You do that, and then you start taking back the local mayor elections and the city councils and the county board of supervisors and the people that are appointed by the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, like the fake Dr. Barbara Farrar, who's an idiot. She is not clinically trained, and she has wielded outsized power over 9 million Los Angelinos in the last two years, telling them when and where they can come and go, open and close schools, businesses, and wear masks and get shots. This is, this is unbelievable. Well, she can't be fired until you get rid of the, the county board of supervisors, right? So because they appoint her. These are these they're, they're little things, but that one woman has had more of an effect on 9 million people here in L.A. Than, than anything that Biden has done. And she is there because of a few thousand people in L.A. that all got together and voted one direction. Because these elections are won by sometimes a few hundred or a few thousand, not by millions. Literally, sometimes it's five or six votes if it's a small town. That's where change can happen. And that's why I think it's so important to focus locally and not nationally. The nation will recover when the local areas recover. And if, in fact, it doesn't happen like that, what, what will occur is that local towns, cities, and states will start to free themselves from the sickness. And then you will see the market forces at play, and people mm-hmm. will start to move to those states, just like what's happening in Florida. And then the states like California will start to tank, as they should, and they'll fall down under their own weight. And that will naturally start to shift things at a national level. So I, I really believe that these examples we gave in Colorado are, are excellent. They're, they're an excellent impetus to, to underscore what I have now been saying for about six to nine months, which is shift your attention to local involvement. It does matter. It makes an enormous difference because it's those little changes on the local level that lead to the changes in your day-to-day lives and then your cities, your states, et cetera. That has to happen. Otherwise, I think um, you know we're just we're just being distracted on these national policy decision levels that are that are just not that important. Oh gosh, talk about a lot of wisdom. Let's go to break. I'm talking with uh, Dr. Mark McDonald, uh, and his latest book is Freedom from Fear: A Twelve Step Guide to Personal and National Recovery. Uh, and uh, this country was founded on something great. That was the vision of the Declaration, and then of course the Constitution uh, was put in place uh, to basically protect to protect us. And uh, I invite you to check out uh, GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. They will be celebrating our Constitution September 12 through September 18 up in beautiful Grand Lake. So check that out at uh, GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. We'll be right back with Dr. Mark McDonald. Hey, everybody. Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy, and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. 
Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. With the professional training from Franktown Firearms, everyone can improve. The experts at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your confidence and ability so they can recommend exactly what's right for you. After you purchase your first or tenth firearm, Franktown will always encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, offering lessons for improvement with one-on-one classes and private training or even group classes, guiding you along your journey from beginner to expert. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown Firearms doesn't play by the corporate model. As a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly business, they give everyone the time they deserve. They emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in training with you. Sign up for any of their group or personalized courses today at klzradio.com forward slash Franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website, Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, Great conversation with Dr. Mark McDonald talking about his latest book. It just came out, Freedom from Fear, a 12-step guide to personal and national recovery. Uh, His first book was United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. And I will be signing up for the course you're going to be uh, teaching at uh, IPAC-EDU.org, How Not to Be Fooled, and that will be starting next week. It's 12 weeks, Wednesdays at 4, uh, excuse me, at 6 p.m. Dr. Mark McDonald, uh, we're at a a time in our country, and I never dreamed that we would be here, uh, but we are. And uh, clearly, there is hope because you have written a book that says that we can recover. Uh, so this last segment, uh, what do you want to make sure that our, our uh, listeners know? I want Americans and, and those who are listening internationally as well, because this is not just an American challenge, to know that we are not in a battle. We're in a war. And the war is not a political one. It is not an economic one. It is not a social one. It is, it is one that covers every fundamental aspect of humanity. And it is really ultimately a war between dependence and independence. Everything that I speak about boils down to those two subjects. And when people ask me, I just don't know what we can do. I don't know how to make decisions. I don't know who to believe, who to trust. I'm just, I'm, I'm at a loss. I say, I understand. I sympathize with you. It's very difficult sometimes to filter information and to know who's lying and who's not, who has a scheme, who's manipulating you. I get it. I mean, that's why I'm teaching my course uh, through IPAC, How Not to Be Fooled. That's why I wrote this book, Freedom from Fear, uh, as a didactic guide to help people navigate this new minefield of you know, contemporary America, the contemporary world. It is confusing. 
But when you're not sure, ask yourself this one question. If you don't know which path to take, path one or path two, and most choices we get are somewhat binary, just just ask yourself this one question. Will will taking this this step, making this choice that I'm about to make and consider, will it lead to more independence for me and for the people I care about and for my nation, or will it lead to more dependence? And if the answer is more dependence, it's probably the wrong choice. That is a really good guide on how to make your decisions, because dependence is generally, in almost every case, a bad thing. And independence is, in almost every case, a good thing. And I think most people in their heart can kind of tell where a decision is going to take them and whether it's going to allow them to be more dependent or more independent. I think that is one of the the most important lessons that uh, I can teach people, and it comes to my patients as well as to my audience that I speak to and that I write to. Well, and that gut question, so the the more dependence, when government com- comes in and says, um, we're going to take more of your money, we're going to do more stuff for you, that would be a, a big uh, sign that we're looking at more dependence, correct? Absolutely. And you have to be clear about not just what stage one is in a decision, but stage two and stage three. For example, uh, I'm a student. I only earn 40000 a year. I have $18,000 in student loans. Joe Biden said he's going to cancel $10,000 of my debt. That sounds like I'll become more independent. Therefore, I'm going to know and support that, that policy. Well, that's a stage one decision because, yeah, in the immediate sense, you will have more independence because you're going to have $10,000 more money in your account. That's true. But think about the next stage. Well, what does this mean on a collective level? Does it make any sense? In other words, Does this money disappear, or do other people have to pay for it? Do my parents then have to pay for it? Will I have to pay for it when I get the raise next year by increased taxes? Now, these are are more sophisticated questions, obviously, which is one of the reasons why people who peddle dependency are often so successful, because they peddle dependency in a package of independence. They give you this free stuff. And it makes it appear as if your life is going to get better, when actually it's only going to get better for a very brief period of time and at the cost of everyone else's independence. So sometimes it really isn't simple, and it isn't easy to immediately know what the right decision is when there is a deception that is being foisted on you when you're being given multiple options. And especially if you're in a vulnerable position and let's say you're young and you don't have a lot of money and you feel like you want more freedom and the pathway to freedom is for somebody to absolve you of student loan debt, it can be very, very tempting to take the wrong path. And this is why education, information, critical thinking are so important. Because without that, there really isn't any way to clearly delineate between a path of dependency and a path of independence because one might be shrouded with a false depiction from the other. This is a very sophisticated tool and mechanism that, that evildoers uh, have been engaging with for a long time, and they've become very good at it recently. And this is another reason why it's so important to cut yourself off from media and the influence of misinformation, true misinformation, so that you can actually get the data that you need to make the right decision. 
Boy, that's great advice. And Dr. McDonald, we have just a couple of minutes left. Uh, how would you like to button this up? And again, we're talking about his uh, latest book, Freedom from Fear, A 12-Step Guide to Personal and National Recovery. So what's your final thoughts? I would like to encourage everyone to make a point of thinking for yourself. Because as Thoreau said, if you don't think for yourself, others will think for you. And they will not be thinking of you. How do I do that? Well, if you go to my website, dissidentmd.com, you will see a plethora of links, articles, my two books, as well as my Substack account, where I write a brief piece of what I hope to be helpful, informative information, advice, and teaching every Thursday through dissidentmd.com. That is my plea, my request. I do this not because I'm making a lot of money off of it. I do it because I want our country to come back. And I want to live in a country and a society with people who are healthy mentally and physically. Uh, well said, uh, Dr. Mark McDonald. And again, you can take a 12-week course with him by going to ipac-edu.org, and that will start very soon. I'm going to sign up for that. Uh, Dr. McDonald, we normally like to end the show with a quote, and so I've chosen this one from William Shakespeare. He said, Cowards die many times before their deaths. The valiant never taste of death but once. I thought that was pretty great. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. I enjoyed the conversation. I as well. And so, my friends, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays and our most recent podcasts. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it is never passionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, opportunity, or their lives via force. And force comes in a lot of different packages. It could be a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda for our lives, or those 87,000 IRS agents authorized in the Democrats' Income Reduction Act. I do want to say thank you to all of you for listening. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And I always like to say thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, uh, uh, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Greatly appreciate all of them. 
Uh, and so what we have done here right around Labor Day is uh, the team needs a little rest, but they're taking some time off. So we are pre-recording some of these shows. And I am so honored to have on the line with me Nicole Pearson. And she is in the news, the national news. She is the founding partner of the law offices of Nicole C. Pearson and founder of Facts, Law, Truth, Justice, an organization fighting illegal government mandates and representing children and families injured by the COVID-19 vaccine. Nicole Pearson, welcome to the show. Wow, what a beautiful introduction. Really, really, I'm honored to be here. Well, thank you. And uh, this is this is quite remarkable, what is going on in our country. And when we were on the pre-call, uh, Nicole, you said that you're doing quite a bit of uh, work down at the Capitol regarding this terrible legislation uh, regarding vaccine mandates. And I was kind of late to the party. This was pre-COVID. But I had had a number of mothers that were reaching out regarding legislation here in Colorado. I think it was back in 2019. And they asked me to take a look at some legislation. And I really hadn't thought that much about it. And I I read that because I got my kids vaccinated. I've always thought vaccinations were a good idea. Mm -hmm. Hadn't realized it's out of control. But when I saw the legislation, I realized at that point this was putting in place uh, in the future, that sometime, sometime in the future, a bureaucrat could dictate what we put into our bodies. Right. And at that point, right. it's like, ah, this is a problem. So tell me about your journey. Well, um, first, I'd like to say my, my dad's from Colorado, so I'm very excited for my Colorado family to hear this interview. I want to say hi to my Uncle Sean. He's a big attorney out there, and he's going to be excited to hear this. Awesome. And, um, and as a preliminary, you know, I just want to be very candid with everyone here. I, this is not an anti-vax uh, or vaccine issue at all. Uh, in fact, this is not a left-right. This is not a, you know, Joe versus Donald issue at all. It's exactly what you said. You really captured the whole essence of what's going on, actually, in your introduction. This is so much bigger than any of the little false red flags that they're throwing, throwing up in front of us to divide us and, and to turn each other, um, turn us against each other. So we don't pay attention to exactly what you described, which is this digital tracking, monitoring uh, system, which will end up being a, a social credit system which is basically a digital dictatorship. And it's something that they have been laying the foundation, the inroads to for many, many, many years, um, starting actually in, in from what I've personally seen, the Bush administration. And it's been something just inroads, inroads, inroads. And the, and the easiest way to control people is to tr- tag them and to know exactly where they are, when they're there, who they're with, what they are doing, um, and then be able to cut off their access uh, once you do. So, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it's pretty horrifying. I'm new to the party as well. I have only been engaged in this fight for the last two years. So oh, I guess over two years. Time flies when you're having fun. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's been more than two years. But I'm also new to this fight. And it was what was going on in my hometown of Orange County that really opened my eyes to it. Well, and so the whole COVID thing, the whole reaction to COVID, uh, in fact, I remember, remember I, I look back and, you know, initially we didn't know what was going on. Uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. My producer, Steve, and I uh, joke, and, and it's not that funny, is the most difficult thing about the two weeks to flatten the curve was the first two and a half years. Um, it, it, this overreach of, uh, you know, shutting people down, keeping people out of their churches. Uh, right. it, it, I could not believe what was happening, Nicole. Well, and it wasn't even 
so much of that because, and, and again, to be totally transparent with our audience, I was horrified. I was, I have family, you know, uh, my, my dad's from Colorado, my mom's from South America, from Argentina, actually. And I have family. I lived abroad. I lived in Europe for many years. It was not many, but I lived in Europe for um, in Italy, and I lived in South America. And so I had friends from all over the world, especially in Italy, who were sharing horror stories, and I was terrified. We have two daughters, uh, both with conditions that made them particularly susceptible to whatever this was um, coming. And I actually think we got the first round of it. And so when they were really sick with that, and we didn't obviously test positive for COVID-19 because it didn't exist at that point, that was December 2019, tested negative for everything else, but there was no option to test for COVID-19 because we hadn't arrived officially yet um, by the you know mainstream media and government by, I, I, um, to that extent. Uh, I was horrified, and I was kept as locked down and uh, washing my groceries and um, Keeping, you know, I was, I was there. I was adamant. I was vocal on social media. You know, stay home. Don't be selfish. We got to get a handle of this. I, I mean, I, I really, really bit into the narrative, or the narrative bit into me, gobbled me up. Um, and for all those reasons, I was very, very worried. But I feel very blessed to have had the wherewithal or really the, the burning desire to understand what was really going on. That's just my personality. It's like, I just want to figure it out so I can just figure out how long it's going to be, what we really need to do. So I kept digging and digging and digging and looking and looking and looking. And when the, then when the inconsistency started to show up, that's when I woke up. It was two things. It was the hypocrisy. You don't shut down churches and, and prevent people, prohibit people from singing but then keep strip, strip clubs and liquor stores open. Okay, there's just no, there's no rational basis. There's no reason to do that. And then this is, again, not even a religious thing, even though I do think it's a religious thing. You, you, can't, you, can't do, you can't keep Walmart open and shut small businesses down. Um, so there were just things that were really, really egregious and glaring to me. Um, and then the other thing that, again, where I mentioned in, in California specifically, they attempted to roll out the vaccine passport program. They're doing pilot programs in San Diego because you'll see a lot of movement in San Diego, Orange County. That's where I am. Very blessed. Excuse me to have found the community that I have here. And, um, and then also in Ventura County. So you'll see that in California, those are really activated counties because they saw firsthand the underhanded what was really going on the contracts that were being passed under the state of emergency. So we have multi, multi, multi-million dollar contracts, no big contracts, um, officials being appointed uh, instead of elected. And then because of these never-ending never ending state of emergencies, they just have these perpetual unfettered powers to, again, sign these contracts to their cronies, get access to the um, federal and state COVID-19 uh, emergency relief funds, and it's just, and then at the same time, rolling out these programs that are just ultimately set to tag and, and track and monitor us and then control where we can and cannot go, depending on, as you said earlier, what medicines we do decide to take or, or not take. It is, uh, it's uh, hindsight looking back at this. Uh, I'm kind of going down memory lane. I'm talking right. with uh, Nicole Pearson. We're going to go to break. Uh, and But before we do that, though, I'm very excited that uh, to let you know about Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week. It is their 11th uh, anniversary, their 11th uh, event, uh, and they will... Um, 
have all kinds of uh, uh, speakers and special things going on. It is September 12th through September uh, 18th up in beautiful Grand Lake. And on Saturday, which is the main event, and that is Constitution Day, they are going to have a dedication in the park for their uh, Veterans Memorial. Uh, There will be an Air Force flyover, a parade. The main event is at 11.30. I have the great honor to emcee the event. The speaker is Frank Donatelli, talking about uh, remembering President Reagan's speech on the 200th anniversary of the Constitution. Dot Sarah will play at 2 in the afternoon and then fireworks over the waterfront that evening. More information, go to GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. We will be right back with Nicole Pearson. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national level. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And we're doing something very special for you right here around Labor Day. And that is we've pre-recorded some very important shows for you so that the team can take a little bit of time off. And uh, thrilled to have on the line with me. Nicole Pearson. And uh, just an extremely interesting story. She's the founding partner of the, uh, whoops, hold on here. I had it and then something happened. Um, uh, I don't know. My phone, my, my phone froze up. Technology is great until it doesn't work, Nicole. But you're, you have founded your law firm and you are representing people regarding some of these vaccine injuries and all. And uh, here we go. Founding partner of the law offices of Nicole C. Pearson and founder of Facts, Law, Truth, Justice, an organization fighting illegal government mandates and representing children and families injured by the COVID-19 vaccine. So you've told us a little bit about your journey. And uh, you've mentioned these words, multi-million dollar, no bid contracts, appointed, not elected. Mm-hmm. We had a little experience uh, with this out here in Colorado regarding uh, uh, Jared Polis, governor of Colorado, uh, had a nonprofit that was hired with, uh, I think it was a no bid contract, over a million dollars, to do contact tracing on the citizens right. of Colorado. I, right. I, that struck terror in my heart. What's your thoughts about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know about that, but I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> this is happening across the United States. This is, 
everyone thinks they can run to Texas or run to Florida. You know, I hate to break it to people, every, even in Tennessee, even in Florida, there are laws that were passed before, you know, Ron DeSantis ascended to the throne. Um, there are laws in place that allow in the state of emergency during a pandemic, there's always some sort of statute to this effect, that the local health officer, right, who's going to be appointed because it's a state of emergency, they need to, audit, you know, you don't have time to go through an election, so we're going to appoint a local health officer, that they're going to be able to have this authority to, to roll out these guidelines and recommendations and mandates and um, in, the state, in the event of an emergency to protect the people. So, you know, I'm not surprised that happened in Colorado, and I'm not surprised it's exactly what we were just talking about, you know, three or four minutes ago, that this, this everything that is happening right now, is to roll out the social credit system that exists in other parts of the country. So everyone, and, and this was one of the main inconsistencies that I saw, Kim. If we're in the state of emergency, in a, a true pandemic, and people are just dying and queuing over the streets, what you do is you do, first number one, you do a normal vaccine, a traditional vaccine, which is an attenuated virus. You know, you give everybody a little bit of the virus. I'm, I'm very, very simplified. <laughs> Watered down, I'm not an expert, a medical provider, nothing, scientist. Um, but, you know, you give everybody understanding what I've always received is an, a bit of attenuated virus in my arm so that my body can naturally produce immunity to the virus once it enters in my body in, in a really reduced, you know, state. So what you do is you just open up a football field or a Costco, you know, parking lot that fits a lot of people, and you just have everyone roll up their sleeves and get this normal vaccine. And then you sign their immunization card. Okay. Two things about that. The card is that little yellow, at least in California, that yellow piece of paper, and you're, you take it in when you go to your doctor's at your kid's appointment, and they get one of the shots, and then the doctor signs it, stamps it, and signs it with the date. Um, and number two, it's called an immunization card, because if you get sick, for example, I had chickenpox when I was little. I did not get the chickenpox vaccine, because I had immunity, right, natural immunity, from chickenpox. So my doctor signed it, recognizing that I had chickenpox. And it's called an immunization card. It's not called a vaccination card. We're not here to just get vaccinated up and down and get every to take every vaccine that the government rolls out. So those were other really major inconsistencies that I found. Like, if you really care about everyone, just round everybody up or just go to their houses with a normal vaccine and then just sign their card. But we have this push that it had to be this new vaccine, this new technology that's never been used before because it's never successfully passed any of the trials with other types of respiratory viruses such as SARS and MERS, okay? We have this new technology. Yes, it's been studied for decades and it's failed. They've never been able to roll out this vaccine. And and we have this new technology. You don't just do a traditional vaccine. And then instead of just doing the immunization cards, they want it, they are forcing contemporaneously this digital verification of vaccination system and i was like this is not right you don't truly care coupled with the other things that we were discussing earlier you don't really care about people's health and safety and well-being and being outside in the fresh air and with people and connecting and in the sunlight um you know uh, those are the types of inconsistencies and it's because they want to roll out the digital tracking system which is a social credit system well, and that we'll just mention that this whole ESG, that's uh, environment, social governance, and, the, and yes. they're doing these um, kind of a report card on businesses, corporations right now, that is headed towards individuals as well. So we need to put the skids on that. And I mean, they already do that with credit cards. They already are starting to do that with credit cards. They're going to track your spending 
right? Everything's digital with credit cards. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's already happening with individuals. And then they're going to give you credit. You get more or less credit based on your, and they're going to assign you, um, what's it called? A carbon footprint score based on your spending. It's already happening. And then when they see, and people think, you know, everything is under the guise of equity. Everything is under the guise of empowering, you know, minority. And I, and I am a, a Latina uh, for coming from immigrants and very left-leaning. Or really, you know, I don't know where I am. I'm in a political, I don't know, desert right now. I don't know where I am. But <laughs> I am a very socially aware person. A lot of my work that actually dovetailed perfectly into what I'm doing now started with immigration, anti-human trafficking work um, in my communities with, you know, people from my community. And um, all of it, they, they use these minority communities as, as a stepping stone and as a platform to roll out these policies. Again, under I call them the three evil E's, equity, empowerment, and oh, no, now I can't remember what the third E is. It'll come to me. Equity, empowerment, and I'll figure it out. Okay. And I call it the three evil E's. And 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 really, and then it's, and then God forbid you you counter that narrative, right? Because mm-hmm. then you are against equity, you are against empowering minorities or minority groups or women, or whatever it is, and the thirty, wherever that would be. Mm-hmm. And um, but they do it on purpose, and it's always you know. So you in the beginning you think this is a good policy because I, I want to reduce my carbon footprint, and I want to do this, and I want you know I want to empower these people, and I want to give them equal access to healthcare, for example. Um, but what you don't understand is, uh, is the flip side of what that means. And the problem is, is that none of this is defined. And so when these programs and policies, if they do, you know, if they are ultimately ruled out, who says, who gets to say right. what health looks like, what your carbon footprint looks like, what is too much and what is too little? Is it the CDC who just did a complete 180? five days ago mm-hmm. on all everything that they've been shoving down our throats for two years. It's horrifying. We cannot have the government, these bureaucrats, these lifetime politicians, career politicians who are making money off of our suffering be just dictating what this looks like because they have zero incentive to make it look like anything that needs less money in their pockets. And so it, it's we cannot give up this autonomy uh, to the government. It's very, very dangerous. I don't care if you want to save the world, if you want to do, do it in your home, to start mulching, don't drive, ride a bike, but to allow the government to roll out these systems and dictate dictate when and how and where you drive and go is not the solution. But then, then they can just, then they'll be able to control, then you'll be a slave because they can control wherever you go. Well, and, and the hypocrisy is uh, remarkable because right. if in fact <laughs> there really was a problem with the carbon footprint, then you wouldn't see John right. Kerry, you know, flitting around on his private jet and have all these yachts and all these houses and all those things. So it's not true because uh, if it was true and they really were concerned about um you know the earth uh, you know burning up here within what the next 12 years they wouldn't be doing what they're doing so hey nicole there's three things i just wanted to mention first of all regarding esg and i've been connecting this dot for listeners but there is and this is so unfortunate and i hate to say this but we have to know this out here in colorado there is a, a very influential republican political strategist firm that as actually, instead of standing against ESG, they have started a department uh, to um, help companies with their ESG scores. And I'm very concerned about that. And, and the dot to connect is they are running the campaigns of uh, some of the top 
uh, races here in Colorado. And so I'm just connecting that dot because I think that it's important. Secondly, I wanted to mention, uh, and you said that you started to take a look at this, that there are laws in place. And so during COVID, Nicole, I'm like, what? How, how did this happen? How did the Colorado Department of um, Inv- uh, Public Health and Environment get all this, this power? And so I thought, well, I'm just going to read that legislation. Well, it's called t- uh, Title 25, and this is just uh, from 2020. But from 2016 to 2020, they added, uh, gosh, uh, over 200 pages. This Colorado Revised Statutes, Public Health and Environment, is 1,112 pages long, Nicole. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you probably have something like that in California. Yes. Yes, we do. And so that is a that is a real problem on how we have given up that much power. And uh, we need to be electing people to walk this back. Nicole, let's go to break. I'm talking with Nicole Pearson uh, and a very important conversation. We're going to get to some of these lawsuits that uh, she is filing on the behalf of children that have been hurt uh, from from these uh, forced vaccinations. Before we do that, though, a nonprofit that I have adopted is the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. And my friends, we have had people that have given their lives. They've been willing to give their lives for our freedom. And so it's important to remember them. And so you can go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org and you can donate. Uh, or you can actually buy a brick to honor your military service or your loved one's military service. They're going to have these walkways. It'll have your name and your branch of service and time of service. And so you can go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org for more information on that. And then also, uh, please uh, take a look at Grand, Grand Lake US Constitution Week.com. You will be glad that you did. It is September 12th through September 18th up in beautiful Grand Lake. And uh, it starts on Monday. They've got speakers every day 11, uh, at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then the main event is on Saturday the 17th. Get more information at GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. That's GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. We'll be right back with Nicole Pearson. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org start today. Thank you. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And uh, thrilled to have on the line with me Nicole Pearson. She's the founding partner of the law offices of Nicole C. Pearson and founder of FACTS. Law, Truth, Justice, an organization fighting illegal government mandates and representing children and families injured by the COVID-19 vaccine. Nicole Pearson, um, I'm looking at this uh, article uh, regarding uh, you are representing a mother who is suing the Los Angeles Unified School District uh, after she found out that her son was vaccinated without her consent and he is suffering side effects. So tell us about what, what this whole lawsuit's about. So right now we actually have two uh, that two families whose children have been vaccinated without their parents' consent, actually knowledge. It's pretty horrifying. And again, obviously things are a little bit different in California. However, I would caution everyone listening that this is coming to your state. And the reason why I personally have not fled the state is because I know if I do not hold the line in California, not myself, I also want to emphasize this is a huge, massive effort that there. I'm so blessed to be working with hundreds of, of organizations and individuals in California who are holding the line, and we'll get into, we'll mention them later. Um, but the reason I'm holding the line in California and fighting truly evil, <laughs> evil Goliath, is because if I don't, what the, so goes California, so goes the rest of the country. And I truly believe that we're in a war. It's not a war of ammunition and, and bullets and tanks and guns. It's, a, it's obviously a biochemical warfare. It's a battle between good and evil. It's a battle over our children um, and the nuclear family. So many, so many things. Um, but I, I do think that we're at war, whatever la- layer you want to accept that we're at war uh, with our, not even with our government, because like you mentioned, this is even bigger than that, right? We're talking about the top 1.0001% of, of the world that that's trying to control the rest of the world. Um, so we are at war, and what they've done strategically and what you do in any war is you take out the biggest major ports and cities, right, and access and control. So we've already seen New York is a disaster. Louisiana, surprisingly, down there in the Gulf, disaster. Chicago, Illinois, disaster. We have These are major metropolitan cities and areas in, in, Cal- or in the United States. And, of course, they're trying to take California. So the West, they already have the East Coast. They have the Gulf. They already have up there um, Chicago, Illinois, and, you know, that northern border, and they're trying to take California, and then they'll just cannibalize us you know, from the outside in. So um, I just wanted to say that to everybody because it is a daunting fight, but it has to be fought, number one, to triage, to prevent any future harms that we'll get into in a second, and also to shed light on what's going on. My, my goal, my partner's Rita Barnett Rose and Jessica Barsotti, our goal is to, even if we don't win, we're never going to win. We're never going to get an email from opposing counsel or the Orange County or the LA Unified School District, that's Los Angeles Unified School District, saying, you know, we're so sorry we implemented this policy with zero law or constitutionality and support and and zero science or medicine. We're never going to get that. Our wins will be triaging and preventing any future harms from happening to more children or more residents of the county and also getting the information from these um, criminals really is what they are in my mind so we have these lawsuits um, too in particular we have several they're all strategic lawsuits each of them 
again, I refer to this as a criminal enterprise because it is, um, but each of them are to take out a different, you know, leg of this structure and try and crumble it, you know, to pull the legs out from, uh, from underneath them. And two of those lawsuits are what you just mentioned. They're families, of course. They're Latino, um, two actually Mexican families don't speak English. Their children barely speak English. And uh, their children were vaccinated without their knowledge uh, or consent at a school vaccination clinic. Um, and both of the children have been injured as a result. And these lawsuits are really to to force the issue of what we've been saying the whole time. At the end of the day, the people who will be held responsible, the government's not going to be held responsible. The government is rolling out guidelines, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see them, guidelines and recommendations. They're not laws. And then these business owners, these employers, these schools are gobbling them up, thinking that they have to do that, even though we've been telling them for months and months and months, you don't have to do that. At the end of the day, these are recommendations. And if you decide to develop a COVID-19 safety policy, whether it's masking, uh, masking, testing, quarantining, or vaccinating, you, the employer, you, the school, you, the business, will be held liable for any harms that result they're from because no one was forcing you to do this. At the end of the day, this is something you chose to do. And just like with any other policy you have, like in your workplace, for example, if you you have a sex harassment policy and it's a horrible policy, very bare bones, and you don't have the structure in place to deal appropriately with sexual harassment in the workplace and someone gets raped or assaulted and you don't investigate it because you have a, a very poorly written policy, you as the employer will be responsible for any harm that happened to your to your employees. So, so same situation with COVID-19. If you have a COVID-19 safety policy that is very poorly written, not supported by science, actually dangerous to your employees, doesn't serve the purpose, uh, the intended purpose of the policy, which is purportedly to you know, prevent the spread of this virus, then you're going to be on the hook if anything happens to anyone as a result of following this policy, this effective policy. So that's what those two lawsuits are about. And we have several other ones um, that are different. But all of them are strategic. Our firm is very uh, intentional with the lawsuits that we bring, with the types of clients, because we want to expose each of the, the problems with this criminal enterprise. That is absolutely fascinating. So a couple of things. First of all, I, I've said many times that, uh, for example, just looking at that Article 25, these radical activists, and uh, you're calling it a criminal enterprise, uh, they've been playing long ball. Uh, and uh, and we're starting to see uh, school-based health clinics here in Colorado. In fact, Cherry Creek School District used to be the gold standard. It's fool's gold standard now uh, as uh, far as you know, people would try to buy a house in Cherry Creek School District to get their kids into Cherry Creek School District. Well, they already have two school-based health clinics which uh, we've done some shows on that. And when it doesn't take a rocket scientist to connect the dots then, school-based health clinic these two kids get vaccinated without their par- uh, parents' consent. They're having side effects. Who's who's going to take care of them with these side effects now? What what happens with that, Nicole? Well, that's the whole point. So, for example, actually, I'm going to Sacramento, Sacramento later today with one of my clients. We have two, like I mentioned, two families. One um, in Los Angeles and the other families in, in the Mammoth Unified School District, Mammoth Lakes area of California. So we'll be at the Capitol tomorrow. Um, I'll actually be with her, the one from Northern California. And we have policies right now 
so we're going for the, uh, we're doing a press conference and we'll be talking about this case, announcing our lawsuit, and, and we're fighting a, a Senate bill, 866. It's by Senator Weiner from District 11, which is San Francisco District in Northern California. And the bill is to reduce the age of consent to every vaccine to 12. So that he originally wrote it to 12. He wanted 12-year-olds to be able to consent to vaccines without their parents' knowledge and consent or consent. And uh, due to backlash, not only from the community, from Californians, but from his own colleagues, this is a horrible bipartisan, there's a massive bipartisan opposition to this bill. He he amended it. So now he's increased the age to 15. And, um, you know, that is one I, I testified in the Senate Judiciary. And that is the part, I think that I am trying to just temper my words a little bit. I, I believe that Senator Weiner has an agenda with California and with its residents and its citizens and with children and minorities. I think he has an agenda. Um, but even if you give some of these policies, give the, the authors, the bill authors, the assembly person or the, or the senator the benefit of the doubt, what happens is these policies are woefully and dangerously incomplete and not thought out. Okay? So who is going to take care? And this is a question that I asked him in the Senate Judiciary. We find my testimony. It was not traditional testimony because people go and they testify and they say their opinion and da 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 da. And I just like went on the offensive because that's how I am. And I started asking him questions. I said, who's going to take care of these kids? You want to let everybody, 15-year-olds, get, at that time it was 12, 12-year-olds get shots? Okay, fine. So now they lied to their parents. They've gone behind their backs. They've gotten the vaccines. They don't even know because they're going, they're allowed to go in California to a pharmacist, to a school vaccination clinic. Like we saw with our, our, children, our, our clients, they, the teacher takes them over, gets the vaccine. They don't check the ID. They don't check the paperwork. The kid gets his pizza or in, in Julian's case, gets his ice cream and his teddy bear, his peluche, his little stuffed animal, and goes back to class. A five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, there I say, even an 18-year-old does not know what to be looking for in terms of adverse reactions, especially where you haven't taken the time and you don't, you, everybody has been to CVS. Everybody has seen these school vaccination clinics. They're like little, you know, factories. You get in, check your name. They don't even check your ID. They don't check how old you are. They don't check your paperwork, get the vaccine, and you walk out the door. And so who will be responsible? And as a parent, I need to know when I go to the doctor's office, I have that conversation with the doctor. I explain my child's medical history. The doctor explains to me what we're talking about. I did this with my girls with, with vaccines when they were little. Okay, what's, what is polio? What does that mean for my daughter? What does that look like? Okay, paralysis, loss of eyesight, loss of hearing, X, Y, Z. Okay, what are the chances of my daughter's getting polio here? Okay, duh. Okay, um, you know, that was a kind of analysis that I did with them. And there were certain vaccines that I held off on. And then when we went to Mexico or to Argentina, where my family is, for example, I was like, okay, now it's time to get ABC vaccines because there, there is, it's less sanitary in the areas that we were going. So there was more concern. That dialogue is not happening with the children. And then, the, the, and then I would say, okay, so how serious is this vaccine? And that's the conversation I have with my pediatrician on a scale of 1 to 10. She would do a scale of 1 to 10. Okay, this is like a, a 6 on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay, well, if it's 6, I'm not going to pair it with any of the other vaccines. I'm going to just do this one, and then I'm going to wait a couple weeks and come back. Obviously, I have the luxury of time to be able to do that, but I at least had that 
conversation. And then I would say, okay, so then what's it going to be like tonight when I take her home? And the doctor would say, fever, chills, da 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 If this happens, be sure to call me. So when you're taking the parents or the guardians out of this conversation, first of all, you're not, they're not having these conversations with the kids at CBS or at Walgreens or at the school clinic, number one. Number two, the child has now gone behind their parents' back, now, you know, empowered, like they say, empowered to make medical health decisions or decisions over their health. That's the language that they use with respect to these bills. They have cut their parents out. They don't have a trusted adult to go to. This is even assuming they notice something is going on with their body and they don't have a seizure and pass, pass out and are now in a coma and the parent has no idea what's going on. It's horrifying. And at the end of the day, the parent will be on the hook for taking care of the child. Like you said, you will be responsible for taking care of your child. You will be responsible for paying for the vaccine. They put the language in the bill. You don't have to pay for medical care that you don't consent to. Thank you very much. I won't pay the $25, $45 copay, but you will pay for all of the treatment afterwards, whether it's it's a vaccine, whether in California minors can currently consent to sexual reproductive health, gender-affirming treatment, um, substance abuse, and mental health slash behavioral health care. They can already go get that treatment by themselves. But if anything goes wrong, you will be the one who will pay for the, for the medical treatment and care to compensate for whatever happened. And God forbid your child's rendered disabled, you will be supporting your child for the rest of their lives. These, these bills don't take that into account, like you just said. I'm sorry, there's so much to say about this. It's horrifying. It makes me so upset. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're in the fight. And we've had a lot of people that have left Colorado, great patriots. And I'm, I'm like, I need to stay here and fight as well. So that's why we do mm-hmm. this show. I'm talking with Nicole Pearson. Before we go to break, a sponsor of both the shows, Kim Munson, the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories, is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, um, Colorado Springs, and Westminster. And um, go to my website. It's a, a great story about how they became sponsors of the show. It's a story about freedom and capitalism and free market. So check that out. And they have uh, lunch specials Monday through Friday. Friday and happy hour specials Monday through Friday. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Nicole Pearson. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Hey, everybody. Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy, and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. With the professional training from Franktown Firearms, everyone can improve. The experts at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your confidence and ability so they can recommend exactly what's right for you. After you purchase your first or tenth firearm, Franktown will always encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, offering lessons for improvement with one-on-one classes and private training or even group classes, guiding you along your journey from beginner to expert. 
They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown Firearms doesn't play by the corporate model. As a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly business, they give everyone the time they deserve. They emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in training with you. Sign up for any of their group or personalized courses today at klzradio.com forward slash Franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And before we continue the conversation with Nicole Pearson, uh, be sure and check out Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week dot com. Uh, they are celebrating their 11th event, the 11th year, and uh, they have all kinds of events starting on Monday the 12th through uh, Sunday the 18th, and you can get that information at GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. On the line with me is Nicole Pearson, and uh, she is the founding partner of the law offices of Nicole C. Pearson and founder of Facts, Law, Truth, Justice, which is an organization fighting illegal government mandates and representing children and families injured by the COVID-19 vaccine. Nicole, you mentioned a couple of different lawsuits that you have regarding children that were basically coerced into getting the COVID jab without their parents' knowledge. How old are these kids? One of them is 13 and the other one is five years old. Boy. And we... Yeah. <laughs> we are, <laughs> I know that was a surprise. I know. We, um, we hear that, first of all, uh, Joe Biden and Jill Biden both have, at least they've told us that they've been jabbed twice and boosted twice and they still got COVID. Children are in an age group that have really not had much risk of uh, getting COVID or getting really sick from COVID. Why on earth are is there this trickery to get them to, uh, to uh, take the vaccine and they could get injured from it? I know that's the million-dollar question. Why, Nicole? Do you have an idea? I do. Well, we have the overarching theme is, okay, if we, if we all are on the same page, can get on the same page that this is ultimately about rolling out a digital social credit. If you don't want to talk about social credit system, that's very triggering for a lot of people. And obviously that is referring to China and social credit system. So we don't want to go there, but just a, a digital monitoring, tracking and monitoring system where they will be able to see where you go and then tell you you cannot go there because your digital, your, your QR code is green while you take the medicine or do the things that you need to do, buy the things you need to do, only as, use as much of whatever it is, electricity, water, fuel, but only as much as they allow you. And as long as you stay within their unilaterally set uh, confines, you're QR code is green, and then once you say no more, or I need more, or I need less, and your QR code t- turns red, which is what they are, are already trying to roll out. Um, if we can all get on the same page, if that is the ultimate goal, what they have done, in my opinion, is this: these last two years has gotten they got overzealous, right? They got they got too greedy, and they really saw this or took advantage of this as an opportunity to 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 really. Um, accelerate that program, which was actually set to roll out or be, have been accomplished by 2030. 
And so I tried to accelerate that. And what they inadvertently did was wake up a lot of people because a lot of people are actually like you and me, no matter what they call us and no matter what they say, and no matter what the mainstream media shows you or doesn't show you, there are tens of millions of us um, who are awake. So when they woke us up, I mean, I'm answering your question. When they woke us up and we started pushing back where we can, which is in our businesses and where we put our dollars and, the, and, and where we frequent or we don't frequent or the jobs that we have or we don't have, the last remaining target was our children. Oh. And they're the easiest target and they're the most vulnerable target because in California, for example, your child has to go to school. If you, your child, once they turn five, I think it's five, it might be six, don't quote me, five or six, they must go to school. And if they don't go to school or in a, you know, a certified home homeschooling program, then you CPS comes and takes your kids. And there are not that many Americans, the way that they've set up the economy and the way that they have you know, burdened everybody with debts and loans and told people they need to take out, buy homes and get mortgages. And then only in the United States is, is higher education, higher education, higher education that you have to pay for. For example, in Argentina, the, the better grades you get and the more educated you get, the government pays for your education. If you have bad grades, then you have to pay for it. So you're incentivized to get good grades and then you get free, free, better, higher education. Of course, here in the United States, they're like, in order to get a good job, you must have your MBA. You must take out $350,000 a month. Oh, and let me give you those loans. So they've created a system now, right, where people are indebted to the government, do not have options, and do not have the luxury, especially in lower socioeconomic communities, to pull their kids from schools where they don't agree with the curriculum, for example, or they don't agree with vaccine requirements, or they don't agree with enrolling their children in, in the clinical trials of an experimental new drug, and they don't have the options, right? So children have become the targets because parents don't have options because of everything I just explained to you. Um, so that's why I think they're doing this to children. And, and another part of that is especially, again, with that Senate Bill 866 I was just referring to you, where it reduces the age of consent to vaccines to 15. And this is what we're seeing with kids. I mean, we're talking about thousands of emails that come into us. We have to set up a whole new account to receive the complaints, the horrifying, the horror stories from families. 15-year-olds, you know, junior high, high school students, all they want to do is sit in. All they want to do is be with their friends. All they want to do is play football. All they want to do is just everything to be normal. They want to, you know, be part of the cool group. They don't want to be. That's all they want. We're, everybody knows peer pressure. Again, like natural immunity, peer pressure at this, at this time of your life is just a normal thing. It's just everyone used to be able to agree on. So they already have this peer pressure and this desire to fit in and for everything to just be status quo and normal and don't look at me and don't draw attention to me. But what these COVID-19 policies have done is allowed schools actually empowered the schools to discriminate against children based on their vaccination status, which is already happening, like you said, to our friends that we didn't realize who have vaccine-injured children, and we're already doing that to those children. And, for example, call the ones who've been vaccinated up and excuse them early to go to recess, or call them out and give them tickets for a raffle to get a prize. Or, you know, they've kicked the unvaccinated kids off the football team or said they can't travel with the football team or they can't go to graduation and walk in person or they can't go to prom. So we have children now who are already vulnerable to peer pressure and coercion by their own peers. And then we have adults compounding that. And so they're desperate to do whatever it takes to get back to normal, to just be normal, to just fit in. So they are targeting children 
they are preying upon these vulnerabilities. And they're trying to reduce and modify the laws so that the children can do this to themselves, Ugh. right? And that's the easiest way to get more people, that being children, into the system that we were just referring to. And so those, I think, are all the reasons. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. Our it, poor children, our poor children. Well, it is horrifying. And it's not just these vaccines. Um, I mean, it's a whole nother conversation, but the whole um, transgender, gender reassignment yeah. Uh, occurring again and just look at the danger danger of that school-based uh, health clinics and I think you mentioned something about in California we see it out here as well uh, during the legislative uh, session my researcher Patty pulls different pieces of legislation that are being proposed on, on one day within a week there was like six different pieces of legislation proposed on mental health and that was a big red flag to me first of all I don't think government should be in the mental health business but you just mentioned that that uh, this, um, uh, I think Senator Weiner has a, a mental health bill or whatever. We need to be very careful about that. And uh, I've seen uh, people on both sides of the aisle, um, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that have wanted to take more and more control of mental health. What's your thoughts on that, Nicole Pearson? So is your question specifically about the government and mental health? Or yes. Or about the whole? Yeah, government and, and mental health, Yes. But look what you just said, you know, 20 minutes ago, the hypocrisy. You created the mental health situation. They created the prop, right? The government creates the problem and then sells you the solution. Then you pay for them with your tax dollars. There's no government here that's helping you or providing you to solutions to problems that they didn't themselves create. Um, you know, I think in an ideal world, right, we would have a transparent, uh, ethical, you know, maybe mental health department in California, and I would emphasize California or Orange County, it has to be specific to your area and to what's going on in your area. But the problem is the bureaucracy. The problem is this expansion of government where people who get paid to create problems. Right. To then, KLZ. To then come up with the solutions to those problems. The, I am... I just, again, I don't know where this, I don't, I'm trying to be careful with my words. I don't want to get put on another list, <laughs> another government list, but the government is the problem. The government should not be, these are private medical decisions. These are decisions based on very unique, specific, personal facts about you as an individual, about your family history, your father's side and your mother's side. The government cannot fit, just even logistically, a one-size-fits-all solution to a problem that is so unique to individuals so you know i have a, a philosophical problem with it and then i also have a logistical problem with it and we've already seen that happen here we saw that with COVID 19 right the authority the cdc is the authority for tracking gathering data compiling data publishing that data in an objective way all of the data and then educating people on how to respond to what the data shows and they completely blundered it. And we all knew it. We all saw it. And we called them out on it. They couldn't They couldn't admit it. They couldn't pivot. They just went double down and double down and double down. And then what do we see two years later? After hundreds of millions of lives were destroyed and businesses and homes and families and just people dying, committing suicide or dying, we see them double, you know, finally do a complete 180 two, over two years later. So the government is a problem. The right. government is not never the solution. And we as individuals need to get involved in our local governments, because they do exist, and start effectuating change at the local community level 
because that trickles up. And that's the only way we start local with our local boards, um, school boards, PTAs, uh, or the boards of supervisors, and then that trickles up. Where you move up, and then you hopefully get up into your state's capital, and then that affects the the federal, um, you know, capital in DC. But you've got to start locally because once you band together locally and you start rolling out policies and principles um, and procedures in your communities, they can't attack you. They can't take you down. And then you try, you you know, it's like a ripple effect that rolls out throughout your state. So that's what we need to do. Oh gosh, Nicole Pearson, thank you so much. We are out of time, but thank you so much for this fabulous interview. No way. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so blessed. I feel so blessed to be in your rank. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And our quote for the end of the show is John F. Kennedy. And Nicole made me think of this. He said, if not us, who? If not now, when? So my friends today, be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. And God bless America. And I don't want to cry, but try.